0: So one thing I'm going to do before I preach the sermon is this, I, uh, I want you to, and I never do this, but turn to your neighbor and say, this sermon is not for you. So it's not for your neighbor. And now you just say to yourself, you just say to yourself, this sermon is only for me. It's only for you. I, I, and, and I'm saying it to myself, this sermon that God put on my heart it's only for me. So when I preach this, I'm preaching it to myself. When you hear it, you're only thinking about yourself. If you start thinking about that person at work or that person on your team or that other employee or that other person in your household, you know what I'm saying? Then you're doing it wrong. This morning, this sermon is for you to hear. And you may be getting excited about that later. You might not be so much excited about it, but I'm telling you that these are one of the the moments in God that if we'll commit our hearts, if we'll commit our minds to what God is speaking to us as a person, not what's going on in politics, not what's going, if we literally look at it for ourselves and say, okay, God, I want you to do this work in me. I promise you'll leave here better. I promise weights will be lifted off your life as you focus on what God has for you. Amen. We, uh, we just came back from camping a couple of weeks ago and <coughs> excuse me, I noticed, um, one thing about my son Uh, who's four, uh, and it's this way with every single kid, Uh, but my son is particularly this way a little bit more, and it's probably just his age, Um, but we were camping, and so we're up kind of in the backcountry roads. We're in Boyne City, Charlevoix area, and so there's this like private beach thing like the the state young state park owns a whole bunch of land a whole bunch of acres Um, and it's not open to like the public you can't walk there from a campground we actually drive my truck around and we carry all our stuff and we walk through the woods and we call it the haunted forest and we make it this big fun thing and and then we put our stuff down and then we have this private just beautiful uh, area right on Lake Charlevoix blue water beautiful and so I took my son uh, who again is four. And, uh, and I said, okay, dude, uh, you can come with me. We're going to go put our chairs out. We'll take the girls later once everything's set up. So I put him in the front seat of the car, which of course, you know, is illegal. And he's not allowed to do that. And I put him in the front seat and we're driving. And uh, his word recently uh, is actually. Well, dad, actually. <laughs> and so we get done driving in the front seat and we bring him back and we get back to the camper and he's in his mind, because his desire is to be so much further ahead than what he is, because you remember that. You couldn't wait to be 13. You couldn't wait to be 16. You couldn't wait to be 18, 21, all those things that you just couldn't wait to. Uh, now we're on the other side of it, and we're just hoping to go back to 18, right? Now they are saying, like, oh, if I could be. But you know how it is. You're always desiring to be further ahead than where you are. And so he's just calculating in his mind, Dad, Dad, you know, actually, I could see over the window. I can ride in the front seat. And because he wants to be a front seat rider, he wants to, we uh, taught them how to ride their bikes. So we took their training wheels off, and we taught them, you know, okay, you're going to ride their bikes, and we took them to the thing. And so once their training wheels came off, in their minds, now they could ride any bike. Dad, I need a new bike. we got to go get a mountain bike like yours. I can ride anything. We took those training wheels off. Why? Because their desire is to be ahead of where they are. Their desire as children is not, oh, I wish I could scale it back. Oh, I wish I could go back to the days where I wasn't doing this. Are you with me? Their desire was to always be growing and progressing and taking steps of advancement. I wonder if when the scripture, Matthew chapter 18, verse three says, Jesus speaking said, and truly I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Is it possible that he could be referring to, and I'm just throwing a scripture out there for us to think on. Is it possible that part of the tone and part of the connection that he might be drawing here is saying, look, our childlike growth and development, like he says, unless you become like a child, because what does a child do? A child is always looking to grow and advance and move up. Are you with me? Maybe that's why the scripture says we go from faith to faith, glory to glory, that the design is that we're always looking to achieve at the next next level, not retreat. But why is it in church when we start walking with the Lord, we get saved, we start learning a few things, all of a sudden we get to a place and we just, we're okay with plateau. And actually we walked with God a little bit more and some of us start to say, well, I've done it for so many years, now I'm just going to start to retreat. I've paid my dues. I've earned my stripes. I've done my thing. Now I'm going to start to go back. Maybe Jesus is saying, like a child, always looking for more, always looking to grow, always looking to go back to God and say, well, God, actually, I could handle that. Are you with me? Yeah. Think about our progression in life. You're always looking to take a step and looking to grow. Walking around wearing dad's shoes when you're three years old, looking ridiculous, right? Putting on mom's jewelry. Uh, I thought about how you, you try to help cook. We ate a terrible dessert this week. We got Caroline at Disney Princess uh, cookbook. Uh, what were they? Tiana's wands or something? What was it? She don't remember. Oh, my gosh. I remember what it tasted like. Fairy godmother wands. You take tortilla, you, and your child does this. So you take tortilla, you cut them into strips, and you just sprinkled the heck out of those things, and then they got put in the oven. <laughs> and I was like oh, it's so good, babe. This is good. This is good. And uh, anyway, uh, and I'm pretty good at that now because I'm getting used to my mother-in-law's cooking. So I know how to, (laughs) she'll be in second service. I won't do that joke in that one. (laughs) I'll do it in that one. You know, I will, (laughs) but, but so all this stuff and why? Because she wants to cook now and she wants to do the thing. And Because why? Because your heart's desire as a child is to grow and to progress and to take that next step. So I wonder when heaven and when God looks down and calls us his children and the way that he's speaking over our lives, I wonder if it's because it's implying that we should have the same desires to grow and to advance and to take steps in him. Amen. It's not retreat. It's not hold back. It should be our desire to go forward. Uh, I was listening to Banning Leapshier on a podcast this week. And he was given this story uh, of this vision that he had about the current position of where the church is in America, but probably also worldwide. And he said that God had given him a story, and I'm going to get this year wrong, but uh, in 19-something, there was a significant change in U.S. history uh, because it was the first day that more cars were on the road than horses, And so it's the first time that there was more internally driven machines on the road than pull behind. Are you tracking what I'm saying? The progress wasn't a dragged along kind of progress. It was a, I have internal combustion and I can drive. And so the vision that he's having is the church is in a position where a good outbreak and the next thing that God is going to do isn't going to come from all of the church programs that just convince people and talk people into get in the carriage and we're going to drag you along. Why? Because that's not efficient. That's not effective. That's also not God's design. But if we could be the people who have our own internal combustion, do you know what I'm talking about? We have our own prayer, our own worship, our own drive. When we come into this place, we're already having momentum. Are you with me? Instead of, come on, we're creating all these programs to drag people into God's blessing. And so he has this vision of God wants to really get us to be a people who on the inside have drive and and desire for growth. So that's why this sermon is for you this morning, because you're going to leave here being a person who says, you know what? I don't want to be dragged along by the church anymore. I don't want to be dragged along by studies and all. I want to have the drive on the inside of me that I get to come alongside what God is doing yeah. with momentum. They call pastors of the church. We're, we're shepherds. We shepherd the people, right? But how many know a shepherd doesn't carry every sheep? It doesn't push every sheep. It doesn't drag. What it does is it it steers the momentum. It herds, are you with me? The progress of what's already happening in every sheep. But in modern church, what we see is happening is there's so much dragging and pushing and motivating and convincing when it should be just all of us together in momentum as the body of Christ. Amen. So our desire has got to be just like a child. Every day we get up, we want to be further than where we are. I want to get to there, and I want to get to there. Amen. Jesus said, I came, as you know, Jesus said, I came to give you life and that you may have it more abundantly, bigger, better, growing, abundance, extra. Are you with me? But in church, we contend for the least of. Jesus didn't say, I have come, and I've given you just enough to get by so that you can, are you with me? Why is it we make so many excuses in church and in the kingdom of God and in the things that we're doing that we, we just want to keep the bar set down here? That's not the abundant life God called you to have. He called us to be growing and moving and taking ground. Amen. That's why it says uh, in this abundant life, it's faith to faith. It's glory to glory. It's advancing. Philippians 1.9. The New International Version says this. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more. Not one time, not you get the badge one time, you've done the love thing one time, you, you got the badge, you were kind to your neighbor, you, you helped somebody in the supermarket. No, no. it's that you're always abounding more and more and then abounding in what? In knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless For the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness, fruit means something grew, right? Fruit means it started as something, and then it grew into something, and then that something has the ability to reproduce again, continually growing, faith to faith, glory to glory, abounding more and more. Are you with me? So it's saying filled with the fruit of righteousness comes through Jesus Christ to the glory and praise of God. Scripture says that we need to abound more and more so we have this ability to discern what is best. Part of growing up and part of growing, if we're childlike and he calls us this, part of growing up spiritually and growing up in the righteousness of God and growing up in the fruits of the spirit of God, part of it is being able to discern what is best. Not just whatever you feel like. People getting on Facebook just saying whatever they feel like. Are you with me? People coming into environments, just blasting people walking in environments, acting any kind of attitude they want. They're not discerning what's best. They're not using any fruit of the spirit. They're walking in and they're just acting how they want, talking how they want, treating people how they want. Are you with me? The scripture is saying to grow up, it's being able to have the ability to discern what is best, best in what? Best in your marriage. Are you walking every day? How do you know that you're growing? How do you know that we're, we're growing up spiritually in your marriage? Are you constantly discerning what is best? Are you just trying to get away with what's best for you? Are you trying to get away with doing the least? Are you coming into the environment looking and saying, what's best in my marriage? I'm trying to discern what is best as I abound more and more in love. With our kids, what's best for my kids? Are you with me? What's best? Not, not what the neighbor's done or what we've always done or what the, cause we always set the bar. Well, at least we're not doing it like so-and-so your standard is not so-and-so your standard is what God says is best according to the love that he's revealed to you more and more. Amen. What's best in your career? What's best with your finances? Not what's best to just get away with what's best in your church attendance. We got to be walking and growing and abounding more and more discerning what is best in these categories. In church, is it best for us to just hit and skip and miss and, and then this and then not that? We're here. We're not there. Are you with me? No. Is that best? No, it's not best. We need to decide. Here's how I feel. I in my life, the older that I get, and I'm going to be 37 in March, so I'm, I'm getting old, okay? I got experience. And, and uh, I have gray hair at least, okay? so But the older I get, here's the truth. The older I get the more I stay away from people who are dead set on trying to not grow up. You, you see, some people, you went to high school, they're hanging out at the same bars, the same places, and that's fine to go back and connect and relive, but I'm talking about some people have refused to grow up. They're losing their marriages, they're losing their kids, and they're still not taking the steps that they need to grow the heck up. Are you with me? And every day I have these meetings and I connect with people and I get these phone calls. Are you with me? And it all boils down to what? Some people just don't want to grow up. Amen. And so I try to avoid people who don't want to grow up. Why? Because they want to grow you down. Does that make sense? They're always trying to pull and nitpick. Uh, Some of the the best advice I ever got was, was this. And I think you've even maybe seen it floating around on Facebook. I may have posted it too. When it comes to listening to people and what they say and how they're trying to pull you down, uh, don't ever listen to somebody's opinion or their words if they're not a person that you wouldn't go to for advice. You're sitting here all worried about what someone's going to say. What are they going to think? How are they going to react? Well, are they the kind of person and kind of lifestyle that you'd go to them for their advice anyway? Because essentially by listening to their hate, you're just basically listening to their advice. (laughs) Are you with me? Some people try to grow you down. And it's usually those people who haven't taken steps to grow and mature and advance. And so be careful of it. Amen. Just because somebody grows old doesn't mean they grow up. Especially in church. When I'm talking about the things of God. And I'll say it like this. Uh, Just because they went to church their whole life and they grew old in church doesn't mean they grew spiritually. Just because their parents were saved and their parents were ministers and their parents did all of these things, and they got all of the they may have grown old, but did they grow spiritually? Did they, like Maddie said, did they surrender themselves to everything? Uh, well, we went to Christian school, and we never missed a Sunday, and, but did you grow? Did you surrender? Did you abound more and more in love? Anybody with me today? And so it's it's this process. Be careful uh, who you're letting around you and who you're letting influence you because you don't want them to grow you down. Because why? Because we are trying to be childlike. We're desiring to always grow and abound more and more. First Peter 2, 2 says this, like newborn babies, giving you some advice here, just like newborn babies, again, another child analogy, just like newborn babies crave spiritual milk so that by it, you may, here's the word again, grow up in your salvation. We're called to do what in our salvation? Grow up in it. The scripture also says that we work out our salvation. Our salvation, it's a process. Now, I believe when you pray and you repent and God saves you, that's sealed. But the, the working out, you know what I'm talking about, of our salvation in the process is something that we're always growing in. So what does it say? It says tolerate spiritual milk and feet." No, it says crave it. Are you with me? Crave the spiritual milk. Crave the feeding of the Word of God and the worship that we that, that we're a part of. And are like crave all that. Why? Because it helps us grow up in our salvation. It helps us grow in what we're supposed to walk in. Uh, think about it like this: We have a daughter who's one, and uh, so we we're doing the whole feeding and all that kind of stuff is happening. And uh, imagine if she decided one day, you know what? Uh, I'm pretty busy. And so, you know, desiring the supplement that I need and, and you know, I'm really focusing on this walking thing right now. So I'm going to put off eating. What would happen in her life? She would die. Are you with me? I would feed her pizza and all the things I'm not supposed to feed her. But anyway, the scripture is saying you have to desire that. Why? Because it helps you grow out your salvation. Here's the other thing that I know about her life. There's times when she needs more and there's times that she... Needs a little less. Isn't it interesting as her body progresses? She's getting teeth, she's going through growth spurts, it changes. I'm trying to tell you the same thing. There's, You can't just say, This is all I'm going to study. I got my 10 minutes in the morning, my 10 minutes. If you're just going to put it on this, you're not discerning what you need to. Are you with me? So you have to constantly be going, like we just said at, at offering. Uh, what's the road revealed by God? What do you need in this season to grow your salvation? Amen. So it's important. Uh, Galatians 5.13 says this. Uh, It says, you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. And God set us free. And we're so grateful for the work of the cross and salvation. Then it says this, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Serve one another humbly in love. It's one thing to show up and serve. It's a whole nother thing to show up and serve humbly. Are you with me? What does that take? That takes spiritual maturity. It takes growing up. What is this scripture starting to get to? It's starting to get to acting like a grown-up, grown in the things of God. Are you with me? So it says, serve one another humbly in love. It says, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping the one command, love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, watch out or you will be destroyed by each other. You think you're making so much progress chewing these people up over here. You're, you're high and you're mighty and you're over here chewing and biting and devouring. You're getting them and you're resharing that Twitter article and you're, are you with me? You're clicking like on that post about a politic and you're getting, the, and you're, but you're just biting and biting and biting until what? Until we're all devoured. Am I making any sense today? Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite one another, you devour one another, and you'll be destroyed by each other. So it says this. So I say, walk by the spirit, the spirit of God, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If we're being led by God, walking by God, with God, walking in what he has for us, it says, you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit or spiritual growth or spiritual development. I know I'm in the, the deep end here, but stay with me. And the spirit is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. So, Scripture is saying, like, look, you can't live doing whatever you want. Even if on paper it looks good to you, this will be good for me. This will work out for me. I'm just going to do what's best for me. And uh, I'm going to get in a whole bunch of trouble for this. But got all these authors out here writing books. These women going out writing books, these guys going out here writing books with a little bit of Christian tone to it. And they're saying, do what's best for you. You take care of you. You stand up for you. And the scripture is actually like, how about you pick up your cross, surrender yourself, live for one another, walk humbly. Come on, somebody. So the scripture is saying, like right here, it's saying, look, you got to walk by the spirit because otherwise you're going to end up doing whatever you want. You're going to walk in selfishness. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Here's where we're going to start to have some fun. The acts of the flesh, which are also not of the spirit, so it's not spiritual maturity. The acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, adultery, witchcraft, hatred, discord. Discord, you guys. Discord. When we're sowing discord, when we're strategically tearing things apart. Jealousy is in there. We think, oh, jealous. I'm kind of a jealous person. And I'm kind of, a, I got, am working on my jealousy. No, jealousy right here. The scripture says, you're not going to enter the kingdom of heaven. Jealousy fits of rage. We're going to turn things over in the street and we're going to rally and we're going to chase people. And are you with me? Fits of rage. Oh, I would never be that. But you do it on Twitter. You do it on Facebook, right? You go into the break room and you sit down with that one person who's going to let you do your fit of rage. I'm sorry, you guys, you didn't let me preach for a month. So fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions and factions. Nobody in America makes dissensions and factions, do we? Dissensions and factions. Remember, the sermon is for you, not your neighbor. And envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like, I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. It didn't say those who have once done this. It says those who live like this, those who justify, this is who I am. This is what I do. I don't want to grow out of this. I'm happy being here. I'm living like this. Those are the people who will miss the kingdom of God. Are you with me? And so it's saying... Be a person who isn't okay living in these things. Be a person who's willing to do what? Grow up and grow out of these things because we have to grow up, right? And then verse 22 says this, but the fruit of the spirit, the working of God on the inside of us is this, love. We ought to be the most loving people in our communities, guys. Joy, we got to be the most joyful people in our communities. Amen, people. People ought to see a Christian come in and say, oh, here comes a Christian. I'm so excited. They're going to light this room up, not burn it down. The fruit of the spirit is joy, peace. We're peacemakers. We bring peace into atmosphere. It's a fruit of our growth. What is this fruit of the spirit thing? This fruit of the spirit thing is our growth chart. How am I doing in God? How am I doing in my walk? How am I doing in my progression? Well, how are you doing in your love, joy, peace, forbearance? Do we have forbearance for one another? kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness. I know some Christians that aren't gentle, shouting a bunch of crazy stuff all over the internet. Are you with me? Toward one another, gentleness and self-control, self-control. It is so important for us to be able to walk. What is that? That's our growth chart. How are we doing in God? What are these measurements looking like? Amen. Matthew chapter four, verse four. I'll be wrapping up here in just a minute. I'll actually close with this, Maddie. Matthew chapter four, verse four says this, and Jesus answered and said, It is written, man shall not live by flesh alone or by bread alone. Man shall not live by bread alone, talking of natural bread or bread, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. If you want to grow, first of all, in life, you have to eat, you have to consume bread. But if you also want to grow and make it in your life with God, in your spiritual life, you have to have what? the word of God, God speaking to you, God talking to you, God encouraging you, all of those other things he's called us to do, abound more and more and walk in the fruits of the spirit. All of those things are amazing goals. But if we don't have God's voice and God's word in our life, we will not be able to make those things. It says you won't make it. I'm just bread of this. You need God speaking to you to make it. Uh, I thought about it like this in our natural life, what happens when you don't eat? You get dizzy. You get disoriented. You get unhealthy. You're not going to make it. It's the same thing spiritually. You can say, oh, I don't need God's word or, oh, I'm busy. Oh, I'm in the season. You're going to get dizzy. You're going to get disoriented. You're going to start making the wrong choices. We need God's word speaking to us. Amen. A real sign of spiritually growing up and a real sign of growing up in life is being able to prepare your own food. You know, as I just mentioned, my daughter, She's starting to make some things and you know how it was as a kid. You made some of the worst peanut butter and jellies. You burned so much macaroni, right? Because you're what? You're just you're you're learning how to prepare for yourself. Why? Because it would be weird if you went to your break room for lunch and your mom was still over there. Deep salt? Do you want some salt on. It? Some of you dudes are like, that would be awesome. Because <laughs> you gotta grow up, guys. Like mom can't follow you to the break room. Do you have some butter, honey, do you need? Do you need what you what do you need? Some real maturity is that you've been able to prepare some things for yourself. Not just waiting to come get it on Sunday. Not just waiting to watch a sermon online. What if you sat down at your own table and opened the Bible and began to prepare some of... Are you with me? Let's let God's word, that be bread to our souls, to our spirit, and let let it feed us and nourish us. That's why we worship. That's why we sing. That's why we do all of those things. Because it helps us. I don't say this. Growth comes... I just want to just set everybody's hearts at ease. Growth comes with growing pains. You say, oh, Pastor Josh, I've been trying to go after God. I've been listening to him. I've been pursuing him. I've been trying to move from here to here. But all of these things keep happening. Growing pains are a real thing. It hurts when we get teeth. You remember those growing pains? You're growing up. Your legs feel like you go upstairs. Your pants, I'm dying. (laughs) You know? grow. That's how we are spiritually. Sometimes we're growing. God's growing us. He's stretching us, but it's okay. That's why John 15 says this. I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that does, that bears no fruit. Why? Because God wants us to grow. He wants us to grow. He doesn't want us to be dead. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. He's still making adjustments, even on the healthy things so that it will be even more fruitful. Why? Because he wants us to grow. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. Here's the key. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Remain in God. The only way we're gonna grow, the only way we're gonna take the steps is if we remain in God. So next week, we're gonna kick off 21 days of prayer and fasting. Uh, There's these guides to that. So you'll go down the hallway past the coffee bar. You'll pick one of these up. In here is about uh, how we pray, how to fast, all kinds of things. Now, we're not making it the same fast for everybody. Uh, We're not saying everybody's gotta do the same thing at the same time. You're gonna pray and decide in those 21 days how God is leading you to pray and fast if you feel like he's calling you to do it. But why are we doing it? Well, we're doing it because this helps us do what? Remain in him. This helps us remain in him Why? so that we can bear fruit. And in this process, you know what he does? He comes and he prunes us. And he gets rid of all the dead things out of our life. And then he prunes some things so that we can grow even more. Why? Because he's wanting us to remain in him. And he wants your business to remain in him. And he wants uh, your house and your marriage and your kids all to remain in him. And so what does 21 days of prayer and fasting do? It helps us focus in on, okay, God, in these 21 days, what do you want to do? How do you want to grow me? So I'm not just a dragged along, but instead I'm somebody who's got internal drive in these 21 days and I'm helping create momentum in the kingdom of God. Are you with me? So on your way out, down at the information area, pick one of these up. We kick off the 21 days next Sunday. So the 8th until 21 days from there. So pick these up. I'll talk more specifically about fasting and some of those things next week uh, in our sermon. But I'm telling you, it's your season where the scripture says, as we draw near to him, he draws near to us so it's a closeness that we're going to start to experience over these 21 days. And uh, how many of you in here, you just be honest and say, I need that. I'm ready for that. I could take that. Yeah. And so remain in him. Lastly, this, don't compare your growth to other people's growth. That's such a killer in the growth with God. Remember as a kid, you did the little pencil mark on the thing. And you're always like every month, you know, like a day later. Uh, at Disney, you have to be so many inches tall to ride certain rides. And my son is a thrill seeker. And, uh, and so it's like every day, dad, am I 42 inches? Yeah. I'm like, dude, it was yesterday. (laughs) You're not any, just remain in him. Trust the process of growth. Someone might be going a little bit faster. You, somebody might be a little bit more up the chart, but you're not competing with them. You're looking for God to grow you. Amen. Let me pray for you. And then I'll give you a couple announcements before we take off. God, we love you so much. We're so grateful for how you grow us, how you prune us, how you uh, remove the dead things from us. Lord, I just ask that you uh, give us the boldness and the desire to seek you as these 21 days come up so we can be a people who remain in you. In Jesus' name, amen.